Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Remain standing, please, and take your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Luke. I'm going to read from the New King James because it translates specific section differently than some of the other versions that we have read from. New International Version does it differently, as does the New Living Translation. The King James and the New King James does a much better job of translating this particular section that I will reference when we get to it. And so the New King James Version, Luke chapter 2 on this Christmas morning, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quinarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Swaddling cloths. Everybody say that. Swaddling cloths. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people, to all people. Verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. Everybody read verse 12. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Father, move in power as you did in the first service. Even now, move in this service, all those online. May we never be the same. Come and touch every heart. I pray, Lord, even those who don't believe, you would convert. and They would become believers today. I pray for those who are here, perhaps even out of an obligation to family and to honor that and Christmas and to come in church to to maybe honor mom or dad. I pray that they would be impacted by the truth of your word. I pray that for all of us, we would have ears to hear and a heart to respond. And we would never be the same as a result of the revelation that comes forth from your word this morning. We'll be sure to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Had an interesting first service. Uh, Interesting because as we got into it, I discovered that my notes were gone. And preaching a message like this one, uh, I need notes. Some people don't need notes. I I need copious amount of notes. And uh, 
work hard on it by the grace of God to bring you something that would touch and change your life. And so we uh, got to the point about five minutes into the service and began to um, uh, freestyle. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I do have the right notes, but I make no promise to stick to them. Is that fair? Okay. Merry Christmas. We're so, we're so glad you're here. I've entitled this The Signs of Christmas. Now, a sign points to something. You can look around and see exit signs around the sanctuary. We are required in our new building to make sure that we have not only exits, but exit signs and signage all over. Signs are important because they point to something. You can look that up in a dictionary. A sign points to or conveys meaning about something. And the birth of Christ is, is certainly a sign. And it is the most celebrated occasion in all the world. So that, that, that's not hyperbole. I'm not just saying that to say it. The most celebrated holiday in all the world, worldwide, is Christmas. There is no greater, uh, uh, greater celebrated holiday. Greater as in number and as well as in significance. Gift giving is a picture of God giving his son Jesus the ultimate gift. Here's some history for you. First recorded date of Christmas being celebrated December 25th in the year 336. Wow, that's a long time ago. 336 AD during the time of uh, Constantine, Roman emperor who was converted, his mother Helen was a tremendous Christian and did much for the church. She, he eventually became converted. A few years later, Pope Julius I officially declared that the birth of Jesus would be celebrated on the 25th. But how many of you know he wasn't born on December 25th? Everybody say that. He wasn't born on December 25th. And that many a scholar have labored to try to come up with the actual date of when he was born. And I've read some of that and thought it might bore you, but it's most likely during the springtime. And you can study that. There's all kinds of commentaries, but it certainly wasn't December 25th. Somebody said, well, I'm not celebrating his birth on December 25th because that's a pagan holiday. Absolutely was a pagan holiday. But it's fascinating that a pagan holiday, uh, and the solstice is another pagan holiday. There's a lot of, how many of you know there's pagan holidays all during the year? It's probably one on your birthday. So the, the truth is that the church... <laughs> You're still going to celebrate your birthday, aren't you? Good, I hope so. The, 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 the truth is, is that the church redeemed it, and, and it absolutely was a pagan holiday. Uh, and around the world, January 6th is another time where the birth of Christ is celebrated. So from, January, from December 25th to January 6th is 12 days, and those are called the 12 days of Christmas. Did you know that? On the first day of Christmas. Right, that's it, you know. All right. It doesn't really matter what the date is. What does matter is a celebration of the birth of Christ. And since 336 A.D., it's been celebrated on December 25th. And, and so we do that today. Why don't you bump your neighbor and say, hey, Merry Christmas. So we don't know exactly when Jesus was born, but we do know how he was born, and we do know where he was born. And Luke is writing history here. And so the day of celebration was made up by the church, clearly made up, not in Scripture. It's made up by the church. Everybody say it was made up by the church. 
Okay. Well, why do we celebrate Christmas? There's a number of reasons why. And uh, we do have notes. I believe you have those. Fill them in as we move along. It marks the fulfilling of God's word to bring his son into the world. Turn to Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. I'll read that to you here. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little or least among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who will be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. That verse is fulfilled in the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. We were just in Bethlehem but a few weeks ago, and we were able to go into the cave. It's an actual cave. It's like manger. Most people don't really understand what that means. It's a cave. Jesus was born in a cave, a stinking cave. There's a lot of significance about that, and that's a sign as well, which we'll talk about. But we're reminded of, our, of the greatest gift by giving gifts. How many are going to give gifts during this time? To each other, yeah, and, and, and we have gifts all out front. It's a picture of Jesus being the greatest gift. Don't lose, don't lose touch with that. Don't lose track of that. And it's a sign of how God works, how he wants us to respond to what he's done. This passage came alive to us when we were in Israel. I mean, to be in Bethlehem, my mother was telling me she just got transformed by going to, to Bethlehem and seeing the cave where Jesus was born, and you can go down there, and there's, we had to wait for hours, because there's a long line, and we, the church of the nativity, three hours we waited, but, it, but it's a beautiful wait, I mean, you're just staring at everything, it's just amazing, and people from all over the world have come to see where Jesus was born, and eventually we're able to go down into this cave, and they have this 14-point Silver star, silver for redemption, 14 points representing 14 generations from Adam to David and then 14 generations from David to Jesus. And there's a hole where you can reach through the marble and touch the floor of the cave, which millions and millions of people have done. And uh, we did it. And it was, it was quite fun. It really was. That cave. You know, one of the things that's amazing to me before we get into this, these different signs, it's not in your notes, but if you were a scholar in the, Old Test in the Old Testament, the time of Christ, when he was born, it had to be a little confusing because there's over 300 Old Testament scriptures that talk about the Messiah. They're called Messianic prophecies. What are they called? Messianic prophecies. So there's over 300 of them and when you read them and you study them, it's just kind of like, is, I mean, God, can you make up your mind? Because you have scriptures like, out of Egypt I've called my son. So where is he going to come from? Out of Egypt. And then there's, there's other scriptures where he's the Nazarene. Jeremiah prophesies that he would he'd be the Nazarene, Nazareth, the branch. That's what that means. So he would come from Nazareth. Well, is he, is he from Egypt or is he from Nazareth? And then you have other scriptures like this that says that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Can you imagine trying to be a scholar to piece it all together? Like, who knows? And yet, when he comes, he fulfills all of them. He's born in, in the house of bread. Come on, that's what Bethlehem means, the house of bread. And he is the one, the bread that comes down from heaven. He's born in Bethlehem. God actually brought about a decision through a leader to bring about a, a census, to bring Joseph and Mary from Nazareth, also filling the scripture there, and then he, of course, would go back to Nazareth. 
moving them 80 miles to Bethlehem to bring about one prophetic word. I mean, that's amazing. God can fulfill your promise. God can fulfill your prophetic word. It might not look like it's come to pass, but it ain't over yet. You still here, most of you, most of you. Come on, if you're here, raise your hand. How many of you gonna come in a little bit later this morning? You'll be in. All right, good. And it really is a picture of how God works. God fulfills all of those in the natural mind the student of God's word, you'd look and say, well, that's impossible. But yet, we look at the historical events of Jesus, our Savior, born in Bethlehem, went to Egypt, moved out of Egypt and came to Nazareth. And that's just, that's, I mean, that's astounding, fulfilling all of those. He's wrapped in swaddling cloths. Now, I believe you have a typo there, and that's my fault. You remove the E. If you put an E, it's clothes. If you remove the E, I learned this this morning, then it's cloths. <laughs> so it's a big difference. He's wrapped in swaddling cloth, and the, and the text makes a big deal of it. The angel who appeared to the shepherd saw the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger was a sign. This will be a sign to you. So what's so significant about that? Now, I've I think I've teach it almost since I've learned it, almost every, every Christmas since I've since I heard this and learned it, I've taught it to you. Because it's so profound. It really is. Why is the swaddling cloth so significant? The shepherds of Bethlehem were raised sheep for the sac to be sacrificed at the temple. Fill your notes in. They did what? They raised sheep. That's what those shepherds were. They were Levitical shepherds. And when we went there to Bethlehem, you can look and see the fields of the shepherds' fields. They're much the same they were when Jesus was born. And so these shepherds were out there tending sheep. For what purpose? That they tended the sheep that were to be sacrificed at the temple. That is what Bethlehem, they were under the employment of the temple. We know that. That's history. So here are these shepherds employed by the temple to raise sacrificial lambs for temple sacrifice in the Old Testament sacrificial system. Are you all following me? Okay. When those shepherds, what they're doing, tending these sheep that belong to the temple. And because they had to be perfect, I'm writing your notes, because they had to be perfect without blemish, it is said that they wrapped the feet and legs with swaddling cloths as they were, as if sheep were herded toward Jerusalem for the sacrifice. Now Bethlehem is, I think it's 20 miles, I need to go check that. I think it's a, a, a journey up to, to about 2,500 feet in elevation. And these sheep, these lambs, they would, if you look at there's rocks everywhere, it's very possible they would hit their legs. So they would wrap their legs and make sure that they were without blemish when they got to the temple. Do you understand? And so when, when the angel says you'll find a sign, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, it, they understood what that was. So why would a babe be wrapped in swaddling cloths? Understand the swaddling cloths, another name for that is, is, is grave clothes, really. So you have to ask, where did Mary and Joseph get the swaddling cloths or the grave clothes? When a Jew would travel a long distance, 80 to 100 miles from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that journey was treacherous. It's not like you jump in your Tesla and drive 80 to 100 miles. 
it was a long journey. It was a dangerous journey. There were marauders. It was, it was a difficult time. It wasn't like what we have now. Sometimes I get, get on, jumped on a train. So on their way, there's very possible on a journey like that that they could pass. They would literally carry grave clothes or swaddling cloths. It's the same thing. Mostly tied around their waist. So if, God forbid, they were to die, that they would then wrap their bodies because to be left untended and, and not, uh, not wrapped and uh, gone through particular rites, then it would be a great, a great sin, really, for a Jew. So they, they get there, Mary, the time for her to be delivered, and all the mothers said, Amen, came. Jesus comes forth. They wrapped him in the cloths that were trapped around their waist, swaddling cloths. New, the, new, the, the NIV doesn't emphasize it, but it is emphasized in the King James and the New King James, swaddling cloths. So when Levitical shepherds understand what swaddling cloth is, there's a baby born wrapped in swaddling. They understood it's a sign to you, a sign, a what? A sign to you. So when they came, they understood that their jobs were about to end. What do you mean? No longer would they need to be raising sheep for the sacrifice because the Lamb of God had come to the earth. Come on, somebody, say amen. Beautiful picture. Beautiful sign to us. Wow. Being born in the cave also had great significance. Thank you, God. This is where my notes got jacked up last time. Being born in the cave had a, a tremendous significance. You say, what's so significant about that? Well, how many of you know that God could, could definitely make room in the end? I mean, he can raise the dead, heal the sick. He made the earth in six days. It's not a problem for him to just go, room. But he didn't. Now, why didn't he? It's, it shows who he is. It shows the lengths that he would go to. It modeled something for us. It's a sign. Jesus being born in a manger. Understand a manger is a cave. Being born in a manger, being born in the cave, it marks really the fulfilling of God's word to bring his son into the world. And it, and it shows us what he's willing to do. It shows the way God works through humility. I love this. Right at this point, I got humbled and had no more notes to preach to you. It's good to be humble. Don't, don't really care for how it feels, but, but it's good. God, God humbled himself, became a child, became a lamb, sacrifice, and yet he was a king. In Philippians chapter 2, turn there. It's powerful scripture. Philippians 2 and 6 says this. Who being the very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used of his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. It's interesting how it says that. Made himself nothing. Made into a human. Verse 8, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. We don't, we don't really understand the power of humility. Humility is a magnet for God. If you'll go low, he will elevate you. If you humble yourself, he will lift you up. And I think sometimes we tend to think about ourselves a lot. 
In Matthew 23, verse 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It shows us this being born in a cave. It shows us how God desires to come for all to come to him. He could have been born in a mansion. Could have been born in the palace. Well, why not? Well, by being born in a cave, by being born in a manger, it shows that he comes to the very lowest. There is no lower place that you could be born. Even if you were born in the back of a car, that's not as low as a cave. There is no lower place to be born. He could have been born in the palace, but he wasn't. Why? Because it it speaks to everyone. God can identify with everyone from the lowest to the highest. He identifies with all of us. It's a sign. It's a sign. God desires all to come to him. And it shows us that Jesus came to be both the true shepherd and the lamb of God, and yet a king. He shook up the value systems of the earth. I mean, you look at the story. It's just contrary to the way that we think. I'm thinking a hero would come and flex and take care of everything. No, his flexing was being born in the manger and being crucified. He flexed after that. He rose again from the grave. Very simple. Or simply put, I should say, God speaking to us. That Jesus is the Lamb of God bringing salvation. And he's come to serve all of mankind. Jesus has come to serve all of mankind. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. He's a shepherd. And we are the sheep of his care, the sheep of his pasture. What a beautiful picture. There's no other religion. Listen close. There's no other religion in all the world where God reached to man. All other religions are man reaching to God. Christianity is the only one that reaches why we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. That's astounding. Listen to that statement. There is no other religion in all the world like Christianity. All other religions are man reaching up to earn salvation, to get right, to remember that they're God, and on and on and on, through all kinds of spiritual jumping jacks, to try to get your own planet, on and on and on and on. It's all rubbish. Only one, there's only one religion, and it's Christianity. Judaism fulfilled. God sending his Messiah for you and for me. And that's what Christianity is about. That's what Christmas is about. When we serve God, I mean, we, we, we're supposed to serve God the way that he has served us. I mean, that's quite an order. But when we serve God and we serve others, we're truly embracing what Christianity is all about. When we serve like he served. Does anybody else need to repent besides me? God help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Come on. <laughs> I'm so convicted right now. I could do such a much better job serving. 
Oh, Lord, help me. Come on, someone say, Lord, help me. Yes, we're supposed to serve like Jesus. And we're supposed to, serving is, a, is an act of worship. In action, the actual fact, the, the word in the Greek, uh, Koine Greek in Romans chapter 12, luteo is the word. It's a word for worship. Is also the word for serving. Did you know that? See, worship is more than, than words on a screen. It's what you do. It's who you are. You're a worshiper, a servant. The greatest among you is a servant of all. Sure is quiet in this Pentecostal church. You guys okay? So how are you doing in the area of serving as we are letting God speak to us? He's the Lamb of God. These signs point to him being the Savior, yet a king, baby, yet a king. And as a result of these signs should produce in us a result if God's willing to do all of that to reach you and me, how are, how are we doing representing him? Worship team, please. And we serve God and others. We're truly embracing what Christianity is all about and see how are we doing in the area we're serving. How can you serve your wife better? How can you serve your husband better? Pastor Karen. How can you serve your family better? I mean, think about it. Ask about it. We're so, this is what we're supposed to be. Is that a conviction I smell? What is that? <laughs> you know, here at King's, we're here to serve. It is part of our DNA. It's not just kings, it's Christianity. We have so many things happening during the week, so many services. There's a lie being pervaded across America. It's not so much like that in, in other parts of the world. We're like, well, you know, you just... You just can only have really one service. You just have Sunday morning. Don't have Sunday night and don't have a midweek service because you don't want to wear anybody out. And, um, you know, it's really hard for the worship team. And my gosh, pastors, you know, for them to, did you know? No, this is, this is, this is for real what I'm about to tell you. Did you know that preaching is as much as an eight-hour eight hour job? eight hours of labor. Did you know that? Let me just tell you something. I promise you a preacher made up that statistic. I've done eight hours of moving concrete and it ain't nothing like what I'm doing right now. Oh, there's a spiritual dimension and all of that, but I think so oftentimes that we, we, we lose the fact that we're here to serve. We're here to serve. I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I might get myself in trouble, but since I feel the Holy Ghost, I feel to say it. I just don't respect churches that close on Sunday, on Christmas. I have zero respect for that. You can make all kinds of excuses. Well, people want to be with their family. Well, look at the hundreds of people that want to be with their family. You're with your family in church. And I understand people are at home and, and doing that and being led by the Lord, I pray. But if, as for me and this house, let me tell you when we'll close. Never. 
I did, I did that a couple of years ago. We, we paused and vacillated, tried to figure it out. I, I ain't ever closing again. We didn't close. We, we, we changed how we were doing things. We endeavored to be led by the Spirit during COVID. Had people saying, I'm never coming to your church. You've endangered everybody. And then I have other people come saying, I'm never coming to the church. I can't believe you, you listen to the government. Whatever. You try to lead your own church. Let me tell you how it goes for you. Let me, let me know how it goes. We prayed, fasted. But I'm just saying, on Sunday, because on, it's Christmas, closing a church, I have zero respect for that because most churches close during the whole week. Why would you have so many services, Pastor Daniel? Because there's so many people that can't make it when you have your time for your service. There's people that couldn't come today. They'll be here tonight. <gasps> Sunday night, Christmas, it's the celebration of his birth. My God, you should be in church. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, I'm getting myself in trouble, but welcome to Kings. These are, these are my opinions. I feel very strong feel very strongly about standing, pushing forward. We'll have more services. We're not going to back off and have less. We will reach more and more people. We have church every day. No, you don't. Yes, we do. Morning prayer. You're just not here. We're here. We have morning prayer every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there's morning prayer seven days a week. I just think that we should look to see how we can serve our community. How about what can we do for our community? This whole building will become a social services arm. That's what this building is going to become. And I thank God he led us not to sell it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because who would have figured out? Who knew? Well, the Lord knew. All the different challenges. Are you giving me the high sign, Pastor Kirsten? Because I'm burning the clock. I'm, I'm good today. I'll just keep praising my prep side over a couple people because I didn't see you sitting on the front row. So I'm going to keep going. We had a deal. When the children are ready, he'd sit on the front row, so I don't see you yet, so I'm gonna keep preaching. Plus, I don't have to worry about a second. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. We're here to make a difference. We're here to impact and invade the culture. That's what Jesus did. He was, you were so important to him that he stepped out of eternity and was born into a cave, a stinking cave. Why? So that you could be born again. He comes to take residence in your heart, your stinking heart, which all of us have. Considering what he's done, a reasonable act of worship, a reasonable act of surface, of service, to worship Him, to serve Him. We need to serve our community better. That's why this building is being converted into a, a, like a family life center, a social services arm. Come on, Minister Lori, give me an amen. We're going to feed, feed the hungry. We're going to help people. We're going to counsel people. We'll continue to have transformations. Can you imagine if we sold this building, Pastor Kirsten? I was saying that, and then I went on a rant there for a second. But if we had sold this building, we'd have a serious problem right now. We'd have to church we would have definitely set a date that had gone to move in and our building's not ready i think come on god's just given us more territory can you say amen very very grateful all right how's your serve how well are you serving well i hope you were encouraged by god's word thank you again for listening to king's alaska podcast god bless you for more great content go to casealaska.com.
and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.